Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And, you know, it's been a crazy few months here. Um, I, I've been covering gossip for more or less 10 years now. And in that time, we've had big stories. Um, the Tiger Woods cheating scandal comes to mind. Um... Lindsay Lohan's breakdown. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I know there's more, but those are the two that really stick out to me. Um, but in, in that time, it's usually only been one major story. I mean, obviously other things happened, but um, it wasn't like a huge... Um, it wasn't usually a huge thing. Now, so far in 2019, here's what we have. The college admission scandal starring Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman. Wendy Williams' divorce saga. Um, um, Britney Spears' new mental health crisis. Jesse Smollett's legal troubles. And Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's contentious post-divorce relationship. And I kind of screwed that up. I was supposed to talk about Jesse last so I could segue right into that. So, oopsie-daisy. So, with all this Jesse drama going on, it's kind of overshadowed Empire. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether Jesse's going to be invited back for season six, if there is a season six. That's the thing. Empire has, for the first time in its history, Empire was not renewed early. Now, that could mostly be because Fox is... um, Fox is no longer owned by 20th Century Fox. Um, it's a it's a brand new company. It's called like New Fox or something because Disney bought up all the assets. Um, and as such, Fox is kind of looking at their programming and saying, "Okay, we're gonna go to mostly sports now." So like they're gonna have Thursday night football, which takes. Um, Two hours of prime time. Friday night, they're doing wrestling, which is going to take two hours of prime time. So really, what we're looking at is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday that they need coverage for. And um, Sunday night's pretty much already spoken for with the, um, the animated sitcoms. Now, and nine one one and the resident have already been renewed for next season, which fills up Monday. So there's not a lot of um, incentive for them to renew Empire, and with the Justice Smollett drama going on, um. With 
with the Justice Long drama going on, that could be really bad PR for for a brand new corporation. But on the other hand, it could be very good for ratings, especially if Fox is going back to the edgy um, style that they used to embrace. So to that end, Taraji P. Henson and Terrence Howard are standing by their on-screen son and saying, he must come back for a potential season six. You know, we, we must stand united as a family. There's very little doubt here, and I need to make this clear. There's very little doubt here that if Fox says, hmm, you know what, we're done, then another network would, would pick it up. Probably ABC, actually, because it would fit right in with their Thursday night lineup. Um, or it could be used um, as the Wednesday night anchor show um, at 10 p.m., so and along those lines after getting the endorsement from his co-stars Jesse and Brett Mahoney who is the showrunner for Empire were spotted having lunch together at Lafayette in, in the NoHo community of New York City um we don't know what they were discussing but they both seem to be in very good spirits and seem to be fine and relaxed with one another. So it doesn't seem like they were being fired, that Jesse was being fired or said that his option wasn't going to be picked up on the contract. Um, and they would, they would actually have a really hard time um, doing this given that his record was expunged and there are no criminal charges. Now, actors are fired all the time, but Jesse would probably be able to sue for wrongful termination and, and potentially win. So um, Disney slash Fox, uh, Disney slash 20th Century Fox TV studios are in a really tough spot right now um, trying to decide what to do. And they're probably going to wait to see what happens when... <coughs> um, they're probably going to wait to see what happens when um, the two episodes that they filmed this season without Jesse air. If the ratings go up or hit season highs, then potentially they could make an argument that they don't need Jesse. But if they continue to remain the same or go low, they may not want to alienate the fan base. And speaking of not alienating the fan base, I need to go before I cough and ruin what is so far a good episode of me not coughing. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So I just need you guys to know this, okay? I, was, I, I started recording the segment once already. And um, Will and I are talking about a future episode that he's helping research right now. And he, he texts me... <laughs> complaining about something and I I got it just as I was starting the intro and I started laughing so hard that I had to restart the segment <laughs> this is my workplace um, this is this is what I come to work to do and, and I swear 
Um, I swear, Will jokes that I'm the lead character in a sitcom. And I really think that they could make a whole office comedy out of drunk gossip. Um, what they couldn't make a sitcom out of is the Wendy Williams divorce. Um, we've been talking all week about how this divorce has just kind of splintered and turned into something like a, a completely different animal. Um, most divorces, you know, yeah, especially celebrity divorces with all that money at stake, they get really contentious really fast. But with this one, it is like soap opera level 20. Um, so earlier this week, we talked about how Um, The police were called because there were allegations that Kevin Hunt was um, poisoning Wendy Williams. And they got really defensive and would not let the police speak to her alone. Well, Wendy Williams, for her part, she has denied any poisoning, even if she hesitated. Well, she did it. And she's, she's kind of taken now to making jokes about it, which I don't know if this is her way of dealing with an uncomfortable truth or if she is just really unhappy about something or if she really just is trying to use humor to cover up her pain of the divorce and whatnot. Um, during her after show on YouTube, a woman tried to give her some cupcakes and Wendy said, the woman who won eye candy happened to have been the woman who gave me, well, now she told me they were cupcakes. I saw in the box it said cupcakes from the cupcake man or something like that in Jersey in a legit place. So I know they're not poisonous. So I'm going to share them with the crew after I take mine. Just a few, just a few. I don't want to pop a button by eating too many. And I think that last part is actually very telling. Like, her joking about being poisoned, um, I think that just stands on its own. Um, As someone who has studied English and is a writer, it almost seems like she's trying to confirm those rumors without actually coming out and saying it. Um... But the last part of that, I don't want to pop buttons, seems like that was something that was said to her. Or she was criticized about her weight a lot, and, and she's very conscientious of it because, you know, I mean, women joke all the time about their weight and needing to be on a diet and yada, yada, yada. But at some point, it becomes not a joke anymore. And you, you really have to look down deep into the psyche and see what's really happening, what's really bothering that person. Because if you just say, oh, okay, you know, ha, 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 she's being funny, then we're going to ignore very important signs. And in this society that we live in now, in the era that we live in now, 
that would be a mistake. Now, not everything is going to be catastrophic or what have you. But I think there is something to be said for being conscientious and listening and hearing what someone is trying to tell you. You know, I, for one, don't always tell people how I feel. I do it in in smaller ways. And and by using humor, um, sometimes by being over the top, and, you know, just typically being Ed. And I kind of feel like Wendy's the same way. She's trying to tell us without telling us. And I'm going to be blunt with you and tell you I need to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> so, um, you may have noticed that lately we've been doing a lot of soap segments. First of all, I love soaps. Um, that's just that's just the truth of life. Um, but more importantly, you all seem to love soaps. So we're gonna. We're going to just continue to weave them in as, as I see fit. Um, and this Saturday, make sure you're listening for Explosive Soap Opera Exits. Um, it's fan requested. So, let, you know, I just wanted, I did it. I had a lot of fun and inspired at least one story. And I just want to see what happens. So, um, one of the things we talk about in Saturday's episode is the Michelle Stafford, Gina Tognani, um, Phyllis Swap. Um, just real quick, what happened was Michelle Stafford left Young and the Restless, Gina Tognani took over the role of Phyllis, um, Michelle Stafford went over to General Hospital, um, depending on who you believe... She either left of her own accord or they forced her out. She's going back to the young and the and the young and the restless, and Gina's out in the cold jobless. Probably not for long because Gina Tognani is a, not only an Emmy winner, but she's a phenomenal actress. We love her. Um, and you know I'm friends with her on Facebook. And she is very, very, very kind, very sweet. Um, but it also seems like she can throw shade with the best of them. And of course, there's a possibility that I'm just looking for, for trouble. But it really seems like in her new Instagram and Facebook posts with Eileen Davidson, she's kind of letting people know how she feels. So as I mentioned, it's a, it's a picture of her and Eileen together. And sh- this is how she captioned it. When I think of real, it's at Eileen Davidson official. Working beside you has been absolutely inspiring. Keep slaying. Hashtag warrior. Hashtag wires. CBS daytime. CBS young or young or so CBS. Um, and I, Eileen Davidson actually wrote back. I love you, you warrior. Excited for all the adventures that lie ahead of you. First of all, <clears throat> I love this friendship. 
Um, not many people know or um, not many people talk about the fact that Eileen Davidson actually wrote four cozy mystery uh, series um, of books. And they're, uh, they are so good. Um, I, I've read all four of them. And like I said, I, I loved them. I don't know why she stopped. Maybe she didn't have time or whatever. Um, but if if you ever want a good cozy mystery read, go read those. It's um basically the premise of the series is a soap opera actress solves mysteries, and you know what what honestly could be better than that. Um, they're fun, they're fresh, they're an easy, easy, easy read. Um, and anyways, I don't know what is next for Gina. Um, rumors are starting to pop up. Um, some, the the most pressing rumor is that she, she actually is going to end up at General Hospital, but it's her old One Life to Live character, Kelly Kramer. Um, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of this as of yet. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. All that means is at this stage, this is what's happening. Um, there's also a couple of rumors that she could end up over at Days of Our Lives, um, which would reunite her with Ron Carlovati, um, who probably pinned some of the best stories she's ever acted in. Um, but in any case, I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So... Will is a very big fan of Game of Thrones, um, as, as are a lot of my friends. I've not particularly watched it too incesty, um, but I'm told I need to get over it and watch it, so I will eventually. Um, and I've also been kind of avoiding doing topics on it, but that's about to change. So, here is your one and only warning. If you do not want spoilers for... Game of Thrones final season. Stop listening to this segment right now. Are you still listening? Because that means you want spoilers. So the spoiler is going to come to us in the form of a blind item via blind gossip. For all the best blind items, go to blindgossip.com and they will treat you to a bevy of them. This one is called Facing the End of Game of Thrones. And it says, the cast and crew of Game of Thrones are all locked down and tight-lipped about divulging who will live, who will die, and who will, will win, who will win the throne in the weeks ahead. We did manage to squeeze one rather cryptic clue from someone who works on the show. However, we're going to need your help to figure out what it means. Pay attention. One, f- one face will change everything. Will one of the lead characters cast a knowing glance at another? 
Will one of the main characters' faces be seen on a statue down in the crypt, thus foreshadowing their death? Will a familiar fix from the past return? Let's hear your theories about anything you think is going to happen on the show. So again, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, so I don't know much about it. And I should have asked Will before I um, started recording, but dummy me didn't think about it. But the the foregoing theory here is that um, Aaron, I think that's how you say her name, or Era, sorry, um, who is a face changer, will adapt to someone else's face and end up taking the throne in the end. And to be honest, like, looking at the plot from strictly a writer's point of view, really does seem um, like my type of show. Lots of relationship and um, sex drama, a lot of political intrigue, which I'm really into. Um, you know, there's just so much going on. And in those, in recent weeks, mostly because the final season of Game of Thrones was getting ready to debut, we started hearing more about, um, some of the lead actors. Kit Harrington um, returned to blind item stardom with rumors that he's cheating on his, right, with rumors that he's cheating on his wife, Rose Leslie, who, fun fact, is in Game of Thrones and The Good Fight, um, and yet quipped that she was going to be um, unemployed. So that might be a a, a Good Fight spoiler there. Um, I don't know. Uh, good Fight is one that I actually need to start watching per my cousin. Um, I just haven't done it yet because... I'm so behind on everything, and when I have time, I want to watch something that I'm uncomfortable with, like Will and Grace. Um, But one day, I swear, I'm going to sit down and binge watch Game of Thrones. Um, We've also started hearing more from Maisie Williams, and... um, um, Amelia Clark. Um, Amelia Clark actually, we talked about, I believe we talked about her um, because she talked about how she had a brain hemorrhage and it, or a brain tumor and she had it removed just before she was supposed to work and thought it was going to be very um, difficult. Um... That didn't end up being the case, and obviously she's done a very good job because um, she's constantly getting praised for her work. So, what do you think is going to happen on the, with the Game of Thrones last season? Let me know at author Ed A on Twitter, at author Ed Anderson on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. So, 
Avengers Endgame is opening, in case you hadn't heard, because you've been living under a rock or in another galaxy. <laughs> and there's talk that the movie could actually make $1 billion worldwide its very first weekend. That is something that used to be scoffed at, and people were told, oh, that'll never happen, that can't happen, blah, blah, blah. Well, Disney Marvel decided to say, we're going to challenge that, challenge that preconception and show you what we can do. And so far, it seems like they're tracking to actually hit, hit this milestone. Although if they don't, it's not going to be a big disappointment. I mean, they spent maybe $250, um, $250 million dollars to make the movie and another um, probably another two to three hundred million to promote it so opening with even opening with 900 million you're opening right into profit and it's gonna make money forever um, and it's also going to be um, a big draw for when they launch Disney Plus because I, I'm pretty sure um, that's the very first movie that ends the Netflix deal and ends their um, opportunity to go straight to their streaming service. So I, I'm promising you that's going to be a huge draw and probably one of the flashier points um, that they use to launch that service. Um... When <coughs> damn it, we almost made it a full episode without me coughing. Um, one of the smaller moments, though, is actually gaining a lot of attention. Um, in the beginning of the movie, um, there's a support group, and people are trying to deal with Thanos' snap, which killed half the world's population, and along with it. Um, half of the Avengers team. And... Joe Russo, who um, co-directed this with his brother, um, plays a gay character. And... He, um, he and his brother felt that it was very important to include that in the, in the movie. And here's what Joe Russo has to say. Representation is really important. It was important to us as we did four of these films. We wanted a gay character somewhere in them. We felt it was it was important that one of us play him to ensure the integrity and show it so and show it is so important to the filmmakers that one of us is re- representing that. It's a perfect time because one of the things that is compelling about the Marvel universe going forward is its focus on diversity. Um. And then he says, the fact that the gay character, 
that the character escape will get attention, but it, it isn't where the scene started. When you have a story point that includes killing half of all humans on Earth, you're telling a bigger story than the Avengers. So that scene was important to us in telling the story of the larger world. We wanted to have a voice that was talking about the experience of people that went beyond the Avengers. That's why we felt we really needed it in the movie. Otherwise, it just became too hermetic and insular. That character that Joe is playing really came from that point of view. Him being an everyman who suffered from Thanos' act. We wanted it to be casual. We, we wanted it to be casual. With the fact that the character is gay tied into the fabric of the storytelling. And representing what everyday life is. We're trying to represent everyone in everyday life. These are global movies that reach a lot of people. They are important to a lot of people. And everyone has the right to see themselves on on the screen and identify somewhere. And they finish by saying, we've seen it now in countries where people... We've seen it now even in countries where people wear homo homosexuality isn't as free as it is here. It's actually one of those elements of the movies that I think resonates and challenge places in the world as well. As filmmakers of a massive franchise, we're saying we support you. And I really, really, really think that that is such an important thing to be honest it's it's um representation is important and it's gotten better for lgbtq um characters in recent in recent years excuse me um but it's still not where it should be um and you, know, and you still get people saying, well, I don't mind gays, but I don't want to see them on my screen. And I think this will do a lot to cut, cut back on that. Um, because here you're, you're going to have probably the number one movie in the entire world. Um... Probably for a very, very long time. I don't foresee any movie coming close to um, touching this record. So, I think it's really going to resonate for a very long time that Marvel and Disney actually took a chance and did this. And I'm going to take a chance and say goodbye. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always. And until next time, cheers.